Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Gumshoe Tom. We are Team Binge. We are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 9 of The After Party. This episode was called Isabel, and we are in what Tom likes to call the penultimate episode. All will be revealed. <laughs> you pronounced that so weird. In the next... Well, I gotta be honest, it's a... It's a it's a word I only use on this podcast with you, and the only reason I know what it is is because of you. So if I pronounce it, it's a second language to me, Tom. This is not okay. my native tongue, is talking in, in TV terms. So it's a pentultimate episode. And so I had a lot of fun with this one from the top, Tom. I, I, I like this genre of movie. I like this genre of film, and I thought this one was very well done. And Isabel hits my comedy bone in a way I feel like some of the other actors and actresses on this show for this season haven't. What did you think of this one? Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was kind of confused as to where they would go in terms of my movie for her, but once it kind of went into this like Hitchcockian, uh, like old school horror, I mean, it was just so great. And yeah, this actress, and do you remember the actress's name? I know she's been in a lot of things. I know her mainly from Weeds. She is... Okay. Uh, Louise Parker's friend in Weeds. I believe her name is Elizabeth Perkins. Is yes, the there actress's it is. name. Mm-hmm. And but she's just so good. I mean, like all of her little like just weirdness and like delivery of lines and looks to camera. It's all just gold. It fits so well in the genre too. Well, and there's something for me. I can relate this to Lucu- Lucille Bluth. Lucille, Lucille Bluth from Arrested <laughs> Development. There is something about like the older. Uh, matriarch of a rich family who's just snide and mean and drunk all the time. (laughs) And I don't know. I find it very funny. She did not drink a single ounce of uh, water that was in this glass in the beginning of the episode. I noticed that on the second watch before (laughs) I fell asleep, that the level of liquid does not go down based on how long she drinks that wine glass. But just once again, she's the Lucille Bluth of this show, and I appreciate what she's doing, and she's she's very funny. Mm-hmm. But it's all about Isabel this time, so let's drop into her mind movie, Tom, go through it. And before we do that, do you feel like this episode, I feel like there have been a couple episodes that I that have not furthered the mystery. I feel mm-hmm. like this one, or at least helped me solve it, I feel like this one was almost a big red herring and if you don't agree with that let me know and we'll dive into it a little bit more but there were some things that happened in this one that i clued in on and i was like if i'm cluing in on it it's probably something they want me to know (laughs) rather than something i'm figuring out on my own because this show's smarter than i am well i feel like this season more so than the first is just riddled with red herrings because they know like we're really diving in and trying to find these puzzles and and figure out all this stuff that i mean even in the last episode we talked about some potential like ulysses shenanigans going on and passing of drinks and stuff i mean i don't i don't know and again because these are all mind movies everybody's telling it from their perspective so we don't know where the lies are and where the lines are um so yeah i i'm with you man it's Last second to last episode, so this is our last chance to kind of figure out the murder before they reveal it in the next one. And I feel like you could make arguments for just about anybody at this point. Sure, sure. Now, where the lies are and where the lines are is actually the name of your self-published autobiography <laughs> about your issues with uh, addiction. Correct? Is that correct? Is that right? Yes, yes. And they it's can the... find that on Amazon, or is it not on? <laughs> The popular ones you went kind of indie bookshelves yeah it's only at your indie bookstores and i think it's and a, the subtitles <laughs> correct <laughs> it's in a pamphlet form <laughs> there's so, hope and it's just a sunrise <laughs> where are the lies and the lines uh, subtitled ride the lightning Ride the lightning. i rode the lightning in one <laughs> <Tom's autobiography. laughs> oh man speaking of people that rode the lightning and won we start this mind movie with the funeral of isabel's husband and mm-hmm. she's very sad with that handkerchief poking herself in the eye what's this the- guy's name alexander 
Alexander, yeah, and the epitaph on his um, uh, gravestone is just fantastic. Died as he lived, successfully. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible work, gravestone guy. <laughs> I like it. Both of the children show up. What I thought was interesting in this mind movie is if you were trying to paint your kids in like a poor light, I feel like she paints both Edgar and Hannah is like pretty supportive and like pretty there for her throughout mm-hmm. it, which I, I don't know. For some reason, I thought there was some more dysfunction. But as she paints this picture, they're both at the funeral. They're both trying to comfort her. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they spend a lot of time together as grown adults with their mother. But maybe I'm just bad at being a grown adult with a mother. I don't know. <laughs> well, we also didn't know like what Isabel's relationship was with the kids because she's just there at this wedding. We didn't know how long they had kind of been together, right? Like, I guess this is not Isabel's house. This was, or I don't know, was this, is this supposed to be like their family home? Ooh, Tom, I'm nine episodes in and I'm not prepared to answer <laughs> that question. So because give they me said an like, easier one, please, sir. <laughs> they said like you can move in with us, which made it seem like Isabel didn't live in that house and they didn't all live together. So I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit confused there. No, that's there. their house because Edgar has an office and a safe mm-hmm. and everything. So this is Edgar's this is Edgar's estate, I'm assuming. Or maybe it's the family estate. That's where I'm confused, yeah, whether it's the family or just Edgar's. But yeah, regardless, well, I'm with you there. Maybe she normally lives in the yurt. No, Hannah lives <laughs> in the yurt. I don't know. Maybe it's Who the knows? guest house where Anique yes. was. And where all the samurai say. swords are, sure. That's probably. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> can't say that. <laughs> that was a great joke. <laughs> that was so good. All right, but but I'm with you overall. Like the The way that she paints the kids, like... They're distant, but they're there, like, and the, all the paranoia and suspense of her getting drugged is interesting, and yeah, I don't I don't know. And again, this is her telling of the story, and we've gotten the story from Grace's perspective, we got it from Sebastian's perspective, so, one obviously Hannah's, so, like, how this family dynamic is, like, what's really true here is, I don't know, it's just subject for, for debate. Sure, sure, we've got to find the truth and the lines. Mm-hmm. for old Tom. Speaking <laughs> of lines in a different form, uh, these have been formed into circular uh, pills. She's given sleeping pills. She she intentionally, forgive me, says Edgar got her sleeping pills to deal with the death of her husband and that they didn't help. And Tom, I know you're the sleuth in the group, <laughs> but man, oh man, did I note this right off the bat. I was like, I'm in mystery Uh, But then watching the rest of the episode, I was like, oh, I'm dumb because they wanted me to know all these things. Yeah, they're very bright blue pills, which we know are very similar to the Adderall we've seen in previous episodes. That's right. That's right. The sleeping pills don't help. They help her uh, stay awake to organize the spices, which I thought was (laughs) uh, certainly a clue, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no doubt, like, the way it, like, zooms in on the, uh, like, names of all the spices, so who knows how to solve it quite yet, but, I mean, I'm sure that's where we can figure it out. There is another mention, though, where Edgar talks about doing his morning laps before the markets open, so, again, like, another reference of him swimming and going into the pool. I also want to bring this up here now, too, because some of, like, the crazy Reddit threads about, like, the pool needing to be involved somehow if you look at the opening credits of the series, when, you know, we've talked about the opening credits, each one kind of covering each episode. Right. The very first thing in the opening credits is like seemingly Edgar or somebody like falling down what seems to be like the letter I or something and like almost drowning like in water. So there's a lot of theory crafting and stuff out there that there's something that is going on with the pool. We talked about the whole like there's a sign by the pool every time we see it. It says danger, no swim. So I, I feel like that might be like one of those things. It's like it's been staring at us in the face every time that the credits start of him falling in water, but we've never made any ties. And I'm not throwing it out there or suggesting that that's really what happened because if he did drown and somebody dragged him back into his room, he figured that'd be water or some other shenanigans going on. But I wanted to bring that up because I ran across that from Reddit and I thought it was interesting that we are getting another reference of him uh, being an avid swimmer. Sure, sure. Well... All I can say is if there's any trouble with the pool, uh, the solutions always add more chlorine. So <laughs> Correct. Um, it's green, pH, chlorine. If the pH levels off, chlorine. If there's <laughs> algae, chlorine. If there's low chlorine, <laughs> chlorine. You know? Uh, I'm a pool expert, Tom. I've been doing it yeah. since I was nine. 
Anyways, <laughs> I do want to mention there was a conversation that happened in my living room where I made a comment out loud about sleeping pills and Adderall being switched. And someone in my house said, well, Adderall would make you hyperproductive. And I was like, oh, hyperproductive? Like someone up late at night organizing spices? <laughs> and then it was a real gotcha moment, and I felt good about myself. <laughs> and now I have to find a different place to live because I've bloated too much. <laughs> I'm proud of you. 13 <laughs> internet points. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, we- Tara, negative three. <laughs> She doesn't listen, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) We have this funny little scene where Edgar and Hannah are kind of at the bar. And then it's the way it's shot is very interesting because it's like Isabel's in profile, right? She's sitting Mm -hmm. in the chair there in the background. And Hannah makes some comment like it's like she's on another planet, like she's (laughs) she's drugged. And Tom, I do want to give you probably, I don't know, 12,000 internet points because you're the one that brought up (laughs) that you thought Isabel was just conked out of her mind. And I guess um, game uh, recognizes game, right? Because you, as someone someone who's been zonked out of his mind for the majority of his 50s, you probably... Um, recognize this is that was it personal experience that led you to know she was on drugs this whole time Tom and I'm sorry if we're triggering people that have drug problems but I think this is something that needs to be talked about you know yeah I just have fake podcast drug problems but uh, yeah I feel like the podcast Oliver... is real Tom Tom <laughs> I want to break it oh no Tom are you using again Tom this podcast is real this is not a fake podcast I'm here, buddy. I'm here. You can't see me, but I know what you've done. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! He found out I've switched his pills. Uh, your Pez dispenser was too easy to get to. I'm sorry, friend. Ooh, good silo tie-in. Um, <laughs> oh, I was even thinking of the silo. Okay, but sorry. yeah, I mean, all of her lines have just been very like cryptic and goofy and weird. Like it did seem, and like we had some of those like parts of other mind movies where she's jumping on the trampoline kind of in the background we get more context of it here in her her version but yeah she was just so odd throughout everything and we know she took that pill from grace at one point so i mean that was always kind of in the front of my mind that she's just a bit out of it and not by her own accord she's being drugged by edgar or maybe hannah or sebastian like i feel like there's question marks about she clearly thinks it's edgar but I, I want to just throw that out there that we don't know with 100% certainty that this is Edgar actually doing this. Because I'd imagine both Sebastian and Hannah would have access to her pills. Sure, sure. Tom, get me a drink. Uh, there's already one in your hand. But I don't like gin. <laughs> you love gin. I'm pretty sure you, you and your dad's uh, safe word was Seagram's. <laughs> that's a weird line me and my dad's safe word was seagrams let's not explore that let's let's move on down that hill uh, this was very funny very funny just mm-hmm. the uh yeah so we have and and what once again this is kind of like a descent into madness and mm-hmm. i appreciate this episode on a on a whole she's like i'm hearing music and as a viewer, I'm like, I hear music too. It's called a score, you know, probably John Williams. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think she and then, I, this is her confronting Edgar, right? She's like, I hear music. Why are you playing music? And the way it shot was so good about when she brings it up, like, hey, can you turn that off? And then when he makes a mention, like, hey, there is no music. It does actually stop. And I like, as a big fan of Hanson, which we'll get to a little oh, bit later wow. in this episode. Oh, wow. Um, how do I... Oh, how do I how do I cut a piece of audio so that I can play it at your funeral and every other important? Well, I won't be at your funeral, but anyways, sorry, Tom, go ahead. I'll be at yours. Yes. I will play Umbop at your funeral. <laughs> no, 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 that's on the Do Not playlist. That and Cisco's dragon fighting song. I will not have okay. either of those. But I didn't. I didn't clock this. I was just so like enthralled by like the goofy, weird mystery and stuff. Like I didn't clock this song being Umbop of these children singing this in the background. But second watch, like it was clear as day, and I'm kind of bummed I did miss it. 
Oh, man. I will get to the point where Mbop was a critical moment in our living room uh, watching this. Um, I will tell you, this will be no surprise to anyone. Did not know these children were singing Mbop. Mbop. Sorry. Mbop. Oh, man. Anyways, I did make a note here that Edgar... They're playing it either that he's being overly like caring because he's trying to eventually go to this conservatorship thing, or he does just seem to care about his mother, which, once again, with Luc- Lucille Bluth in mind, I just mm-hmm. don't know why kids care about parents that are like this, but uh, <laughs> Edgar and Hannah seem to, so there is a moment here where he's trying to take care of her. And but I mean, is he though? Like, if he truly is drugging her and swapping her pills, like this is where again, like, I just, well, actually, I mean, maybe. Tom, I'm just sometimes coming... you have to medicate people for their own good. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I've always been pro medication. Keep them inside. Keep them in a padded room. Give them the drugs. You know, let them live out their days in some <laughs> sort of weird haze. Well, I'm thinking about this theory of the fly, so this could be off. But like, maybe it's. Edgar starts off kind of like loving here, right? And then as she starts going further and further into like the paranoia and like thinks with 100% certainty that Edgar is the one poisoning her or, or changing her medication, then like Edgar seems to get like more ruthless and everything, right? Sure. So maybe this is like in her mind, she's making him more ruthless as she's starting to figure this out. Yeah, the paranoia still, is increasing, sure. Yeah, but we still don't know like is Edgar a ruthless like I think Sebastian said he's ruthless in business, but he's like a nice guy. The way Hannah set it up, he's like just a quirky guy, and he's actually is kind and nice to people. Right. We really don't know who the real Edgar is, and I think that's kind of some of the fun part of this mystery. Like, is he really this jerk that he's leading on in this episode, or is he just a goofball? Sure, sure. So we, I think this is very important. We cut to the present. And they have a conversation about how Alexander died, which I think you knew from reading an article. Because <laughs> Travis's episode. Words yeah. <laughs> were on a page and you couldn't help yourself. Although if you hand Tom a book, he'll throw it. He'll, he'll, he'll treat it like a vampire treats garlic or a, a crucifix. It'll just drop out of his hands. Anyways. I'm actually using Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows as a stand for my microphone. <laughs> to prop it up a little bit higher. And you hate adjusting it because you never want to touch the book because it's got words on the page. Correct. Anyways, so he fell asleep while flying a plane. There's some comment about the passengers were screaming and he slept through it. So I made a comment here, and I don't know if I'm on to something. I felt very smart. I feel... The more I say things out loud, Tom, the less smart I feel. <laughs> but my thought was, okay, did we did her pills get switched with his pills? And so this is all just an accident because he obviously took sleeping pills while flying a plane mm-hmm. instead of maybe Adderall, right? Yeah, because when, like, of course, I like, zoomed in on her pill bottle and it said, like, um, uh, Ambien on it and it said, like, her name and everything on it. So I don't know. Like, again, this could be just her seeing what she wants to see or what the show wants to show us. But yeah, maybe this is Alexander Minow's bottle and not uh, hers. But I think I'm with you, man. It's too weird of a coincidence that he would have fallen asleep and died in such a weird manner. Like, it it seems like this probably isn't an accident. Like, this seems too, too goofy for it not to be somebody else potentially maybe swapping his pills and killing him too. Sure. I don't know. Maybe he was in charge of some sort of mercenary army that briefly tried to overthrow the Russian government, and <laughs> this is what uh, this is what happened. I don't know. Too soon. That reference will be timely. That'll that <laughs> reference will stand the test of time. Once again, when someone's wandering across the wastescape of the U.S. listening to this podcast in 2025, they'll remember that reference. Yeah, look it up, kids. <sighs> look it up, Tom. I know you want to talk about it. I know this moment was important to you. This moment was very important to me. As someone who has visited and is a season ticket holder for Erotic Magicians from Istanbul. <laughs> how good how good was this moment? I don't understand why oh man, the Funkel is so funny and mm-hmm. he's just they bring him in for grand slams and I I feel like his episode didn't give me what I wanted from it. And so 
I don't know. This was this was very funny. <laughs> just the reference to the erotic magician. Yeah, where he talks about what his, his D tricks. I yes. won't I won't say the word because we're sure. podcast for children. But yeah, I thought like he's great. Like in the background of every scene, he's kind of like doing weird things with his hand, like holding him to his chest, or like the way he's like sitting by the fireplace or something. It's just it's gold, and I love John Cho so much about this. I do want to bring something else up in this scene though, where. Isabel makes this comment about like how much she cares about Hannah's opinion above all others. And it seems to like just completely shock Hannah. Like she doesn't know. And there's this good like uh, jarbs back and forth about um, like, Oh, why didn't you just say that to my face? Like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that to your face while we're alone. That's just, that's weird. I'm going to say it while everybody's here. Um, I just kind of clocked that because I feel like that did take Hannah aback a little bit. And if Hannah's kind of suspicious, I think she certainly is. Um, Maybe she didn't know that her mom had these kind of feelings and she did something that maybe now she regrets a little bit. I gotcha. I like it. I like it. Yeah, this is very much in the office where Michael's like, listen, I'd never say it to Pam's face, but she's a wonderful person and (laughs) an incredible artist. And Oscar's like, why wouldn't you say that to her face? Yes. (laughs) I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I love all my children. I don't care for Job. Anyways, (laughs) the, um, the moment here that I clocked, and I, I don't know that it was super important, but it, Sebastian sneaks out. And mm-hmm. I didn't know if they were going to address it. They obviously do, because then Travis follows him. But mm-hmm. what'd you, did you make anything of what Sebastian was doing? Or is this guy just so aloof and he's trying to like handle the business stuff that none of this really matters to him until the... I feel like Sebastian's pretty innocent, right? Because he's just like... The police are going to figure this out. It's not me. I'm just trying to unload shares. Is that where you're at with Sebastian? Or do you feel like there's something more nefarious here? I don't know, man. Like, I feel like there is some things with Sebastian that you could, like, from his mind movie, you can change some stuff around. And I think it's very sus. Uh, Him, like, just leaving this, this mind movie when it's Isabel. Like, him and Isabel seem to have a pretty close relationship and maybe seem to be on the same page with potentially, like, securing these funds. I think that's what they're kind of teaming up for. So, I mean, he probably knows where what she's going to say and what she's going to to do here so he wants to focus i guess on the money aspect of it mm, but i mean we okay. get some of their his conversation with travis and he flat out says like what he's doing so i don't think there's to your point there's no mystery on that side of it right right okay we cut back to the mind movie and this is where grace meets isabel and mm-hmm. they look like they came from a cotillion she's like got like <laughs> puffy sleeves and he's in some sort of fancy suit he's dressed like abraham lincoln again and she calls her Gail, which is what you want out of your mother when they meet your uh, future spouse. <laughs> but what's important is, Tom, and you know I clocked it because I'm a sleuth, <laughs> the Scrabble board. Scrabble yeah. board is a clue, correct? And we've seen this, I think, the entire season, the Scrabble board that uh, I think it was Fang and Grace were playing kind of that night of the after party. But we see Edgar and, and Isabel playing. I like how uh, Isabel's like kind of changing her letters around and then changes it to crazy AF, which is very funny. Uh, but ultimately, we see uh, Edgar kind of play the gale when, you know, it would have been Grace, should have been Grace. But she, I don't know if she's seeing it differently if somebody changes the letters later i don't know really right what to we take don't know there, if she's but... being gaslit or if mm-hmm. she's just absolutely crazy tom you're a scrabble king right am i i feel like i'm remembering this you love a good game of scrabble yeah it's definitely been a minute since i played but yeah it's a lot of fun i got all those like stupid two-letter words or like words with q that don't need a u so that's where i get you yeah uh tom's being very humble uh, for those of you that don't know, Tom regularly visits the old folks' home and plays them for money and just <laughs> comes home with gobs of cash. He's an incredible Scrabble player. Not very charitable towards the elderly, but very good at Scrabble. So Gobs of cash and loads of Werther's Originals. <laughs> loads of Werther's Originals. <laughs> uh, and false teeth. He takes their teeth. That's part of it. And when they complain... Uh, kneecaps. Anyways, let's move on. Those poor old people having trouble walking and dancing and scrabbling. (laughs) Madder than a mad hatter at a hat haberdashery. Tom, I feel like this is a new uh, 
obviously we do vocal warm-ups before we start mm-hmm. this podcast because we're professionals. I think we're going to add Madder Than a Mad Hatter and a Hat Haberdashery uh, to the list. What do you think? I just want to give you credit. I mean, you've nailed that twice in a row. I'm, I'm impressed. Let me try. Madder Than a Hat... Well, no, already. Oh, no. Madder Than a Mad Hatter at a Hat Haberdashery. No, oof. I'm struggling there. Yeah, no, you keep your you keep your normal one. I'll take this one. So I bought some butter, but the butter I bought was bitter. So I bought some better butter to make the bitter butter better. But the bitter butter made the better butter bitter. That one. <laughs> now you're just showing off. You Listen, I just want that recorded, posterity. Purpose, you purposely botched cat <laughs> haberdashery so you could blow my mind with a story about bitter butter. Good for you. Good for you. Oh, man. He also does uh, rap battles with those elderly and takes their money then, too. All right. Got to lose yourself, man. (laughs) Mom's spaghetti. All right. (laughs) She ordered a sword, Tom, which we've all done. We've all Uh done this. Tom? Tom? (laughs) My dad doesn't listen, so it doesn't matter. My dad one time got hopped up on muscle relaxers. (laughs) And had the home phone. This was a cordless home phone as he was laying on the couch with a bad back. And uh, somehow the clicker turned to the home shopping network. And they were selling a package for like a thousand (laughs) knives. It was all these different knives. And my dad was like, that's an incredible deal. That's like a dollar a knife. And we thought he was joking. We thought he was joking. A box arrived at our house with a thousand knives. And my dad was like, who ordered this? Guess what, Jimbo? It was you. You ordered it. So I completely related with the ordering of the sword. And I only bring this up because in that package of knives, there was like one sword. And it looked like the Peter Pan sword. And I think we used it to cut the cake at my wedding. So, boom, (laughs) you're welcome, everyone. So much detail about my life that I'm probably going to edit out. But she ordered a sword. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and the joke that they do here about, like, yeah, you can't call it that anymore. And I guess her interpretation is you can't call it a sword anymore instead of the other word that she uses. Fantastic, fantastic joke. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Then we get another bit of this reference of the suit of armor. And I like how this is shot because we saw the same scene play out in Hannah's Mind movie. And in that, we just thought Isabel was being very cold and isolated to Hannah when like Hannah's saying, hey, I'm struggling. I'm in a bad spot. And she just tells her, hey, get over it. But we find out here that Isabel isn't talking to Hannah. She's talking to herself in the mirror. But Hannah still overhears that as Isabel talking to her. So I thought that was interesting because it does kind of isolate Hannah again a little bit more with her family if her family's just telling her, hey, bottle up all your feelings, get over it, um, when that wasn't necessarily Isabel's intention. Right, right. Um, how important is this suit of armor, Tom? Or is the suit of armor at this point just to show that she's crazily ordering things? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just I can't fathom how else we're going to get this unless somebody's in it at some point, and because it would be so loud and clanking everywhere i don't i don't don't think we're gonna see more of it the only person i would have said was ever in the suit of armor was travis but i don't want to go into it but i don't think travis is getting in Mm -hmm. that suit of armor we'll just say it's a it's a slim cut athletic cut suit of armor (laughs) we'll just say that anyways uh also she's ordering trampolines yeah, she's having a great time on it. And I feel like this is a, an homage to Big, right? Because of that movie with Tom Hanks, like they're yeah, that kind of famous scene where she's jumping up and down in his apartment on a trampoline in his in his room. So I felt like that was very reminiscent. Yeah, um, I don't talk about Big because of how problematic it is. I mean, he's like a 13-year-old boy in a grown man's it's body. It's not great. And that lady it's takes advantage of him. So 
Um, let's move on, Tom, because it's going to trigger some <laughs> okay. things in me about the time I was magically turned into a grown-up <laughs> um, and found myself doing a podcast. Anyways, <laughs> conservatorships. Uh, these have been in the news recently because of people with them, and mm -hmm. we kind of get the impression because they tell us directly that he's trying to make her look crazy so that he can get a conservatorship. But this is, like you've always said, this is her mind movie, so we don't know if this is actually what Edgar's doing, but mm -hmm. with her paranoia, she feels like he's trying to make her crazy so that there can be a conservatorship so that uh, he can get the money that I'm assuming she inherited when Alexander uh, crashed that airplane into the Andes. But yeah, because it's it's also goofy because we've gotten so many the like especially from Travis's episode about Edgar being like the hottest guy in Silicon Valley and on all these magazines. So the idea that he doesn't have like any money seems kind of goofy, and that he's trying to take it from his mother. I mean, you could make the argument that the whole idea is he's putting everything he owns into this Bucephalus stuff, but I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that is true, right? Because we had that part where Sebastian hedged the bets and kept like, what, 20% of it back, but Edgar wanted to go full bore. Tom, if it's one thing I know about rich people, it's that it's never enough. You know, if they can it's get true. their hands on more, they're just going to keep grabbing and grabbing and grabbing and mm -hmm. no touching. No touching. <laughs> um, Dr. Shulkind was on the label of the bottle, and we finally meet Dr. Shulkind at the wedding, but Dr. Shulkind is in no one else's mind movie, correct? No. and it, uh, Well, uh, not that we've seen. It'd be kind of interesting if you see him in the background, like maybe talking to Edgar or Who's Hannah got the time, or Sebastian. Tom? Who's got the time? <laughs> I don't Did know, you Redditors invite do. your family doctor to your wedding? Question, <laughs> Tom. Did you invite uh, the family doctor to your wedding? No, I was not trying to get my mother into conservatorship. As someone who doesn't believe in modern medicine, I didn't invite uh, my family doctor. I invited my family erotic magician from Istanbul. <laughs> Erot erotic illusionist. <laughs> They're illusions, Dad. You don't have time for my <laughs> illusions. Oh, I appreciate all the arrested oh, quotes in this episode, Thank especially God because of the arrested. very end, which we'll which we'll get to. But I do love Dr. Shulkin being like the perfect like replica of Hitchcock here, like even coming in and like the profile view and yep. like his mannerisms. So good. Yep. Very good. Very good. Is this where we have her typing? No. Is this where we see Gail on the napkins as she's like creating them, or was that earlier? Because at some point we see her on, um, I don't know, MS uh, print making <laughs> napkins. Uh, and then, but the napkins that arrive at the actual wedding have Gail on them. So once again, we're trying to figure out whether or not she's crazy because this is played earlier as her just being a terrible mother in law. But mm -hmm. now it's like, is she just an insane person? And then it's, did she do it, or is Edgar Gaslining all that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, this is the point where I think uh, Vivian kind of confronts her about Gail being on the napkins. That's right. That's right. And she slaps Travis, which... <laughs> Only have, one slap, though. Couldn't have enjoyed Travis getting slapped more, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Just, if every cast member walked over and punched him in the face, I feel like I would understand his purpose. You're so mean. Travis is Travis is a fine a fine comedic actor. Hmm. All right. I'll let you know. We're episode nine. I'll let you know when I laugh at anything that Travis does. So <laughs> okay. um, stand by. All right. We're back at the present, and there's a conversation about cryptocurrency, which, Tom, I think I'm looking at the outline. You're requesting 25 minutes to explain to everyone what cryptocurrency is and how it works. So... I've been waiting for this my whole life. I am excited to, to finally have you break it down for us. So the floor is yours, sir. Please explain to us cryptocurrency. Yeah, so see, there's this blockchain, and the blockchain connects to the, uh, the numbers. And then the numbers change into these little coins that then become digitalized, and then sure. they deep fake them into internet Dogecoins that then okay. become Bucephalus at your local bank. Sure. 
to then deposit into a pig. But penicillin or mercury will get rid of Bucephalus, if I'm remembering <laughs> that correctly. Um, See, that was funny. Travis came up with that line, the Bucephalus. <laughs> the Bucephalus. Uh, there's a moment, and it's always in, it's always done in Philadelphia, where uh, Charlie goes to explain the housing crisis or like how the bubble <laughs> burst in 08, and I just had uh, flashbacks to that. Uh, but you did a better job. You're no Charlie. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's trying to... Get, I, and this is, I think, where Isabel makes the comment about Edgar's trying to get his claws into her money. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have Sebastian texting and Travis dropping some eaves. <laughs> Very I like how he stumbles into scene Sam here. Wise Gamgee of him. <laughs> Yeah, the way he stumbles into sea and Sebastian's like, man, you got all the stealth of an ice cream truck. That, listen, <laughs> that joke that Sebastian delivered about Travis made me laugh. Travis <laughs> did not make me laugh, but the jokes about him make me laugh. So I guess I'm starting to see his purpose. Thanks. <laughs> Anyways, that was a great line. I love that line so much. I can't wait to use it in... My real life. And also, um, I live in an area where ice cream vans never arrive, never show up, never play their music. And to be honest, I'm a little bit sad about it. They need four-wheel drive and a winch. But anyways, (laughs) I think I said wench. I meant winch. But, you know, a wench is a winch is a winch is a winch. You know, back to the mind movie, Tom. We have Sebastian and Isabel. He's mad about her. He does something with his robe here that I, I mean, just the pure erotic energy reminded me <laughs> of a magician I once watched at my own wedding, but, um, he's, uh, he's mad about her. She calls him Sebi. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she calls him Sebi, which is so good. I do. That was interesting because she seemed like kind of game for this relationship and this little um, kind of affair that they were going to have here. So, and they even seem to like in the present have, again, some sort of a relationship. We don't know what it is, but it doesn't certainly seem like a adopted son, mother kind of relationship. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Well, he's not really British, Tom, and she probably (laughs) understands that. Also, have you seen what's underneath that robe? I can't blame her. Old Sebby's Mm. got it going on. (laughs) <laughs> but this is where he's trying to find the name of Alexander's dead Alexander's dead horse, um, <laughs> which I don't even remember the name of it, but it's uh, she recognized he's digging and she thinks it's on Edgar's behalf. Mm-hmm. And I like how he positions it like, oh, we should probably have a save for it. Maybe it should be this horse's name. And then he kind of keeps going at it, but it was good. And then she comes in hot with the samurai sword, right? Like, she she seems to know how to wield that thing, which was also very funny. Uh, but you remember you'd make invention about this being just too outlandish. But nope, this is this is how it happened. Well, now I now I understand why, and it has to do with drugs. <laughs> and Tom, you're not allowed to call it that, so please refrain. <laughs> she then visits Grace, who's getting ready, and she recognizes the prenup. And something happens here where she says to Grace, hey, no matter what, you'll still get a million dollars. So even if you sign the prenup, if something happens, you'll get a million dollars. Did you catch that moment? Did I mishear that? Yeah, I think, I I mean, I don't know what exactly to look into it outside of just the understanding that she was looking out for Grace here. She wasn't trying to like throw her under the bus or say, hey, you better sign that prenup because you're marrying my rich son. Uh, I didn't know exactly what the million dollars meant, like whether... They got married, didn't get married. She gets a million dollars just by signing this piece of paper. Didn't really understand that, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I did think it was very funny where Grace is like, because Isabel's like, you're a minnow now. And Grace is like, I am keeping my <laughs> last name. And <laughs> Isabel, the actress, does a wonderful job of like holding it together. As she deals with the news yeah. that she's not going to be a minnow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. The last name Minnow, underrated, by the way, as a, uh, as a character name in this show. I did, I, uh, I did like it because everyone knows geckos eat minnows. So I think Ooh. that's going to clear up the whole mystery there. <laughs> Siri, do geckos eat minnows? <laughs> Google it for me. Thanks, Siri. Um, <laughs> we find out that... 
Edgar gave her Adderall, not sleeping pills. This is because I felt like the sisters were a little mean here. She's like, oh, you take the same sleeping pills as I do. And they both (laughs) just start cackling at her. And I was like, that's kind of rude. Like... She's well, again, a... this is her interpretation of how these girls oh, reacted. Okay. Right? I don't think they were like this. Okay. And there's some discussion of her being gaslit by Edgar. Tom, I use gaslit probably four times during this podcast, much like Dogecoin and cryptocurrency. <laughs> Not real sure of what the definition is, but I'm hoping I'm using it correctly. Can't wait you know to who else? You know who else did some gaslighting? Quentin Devereaux in Danner's Fire. Okay. Okay. Sure, I but remember. the literal gaslighting, not the figurative gaslighting. Right. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I've watched this TV show and understand all of your references. So, Quentin Devereaux is a Danner's fire. He was the arsonist. Sure, with oddly shaped feet. No, I remember. Oh, I remember. You're the worst. You're the worst podcast co-host. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, are we co-hosts now? Oh, Tom. You promoted yourself, and I have to recognize it. That's the rule of podcasting. Oh, no. Squatter's rights. All right. She confronts Edgar about the pills. And is this the moment where he's like, those pills aren't even remotely similar? I. Yeah, he tries to exactly say, like, they're different shades of blue, all that stuff. Oh, Again, we don't I know thought the what shapes to... were going to be different, but then he went with the colors, and I was like, bro, mm-hmm. who can tell the difference of colors? That's not <laughs> a thing that normal people, me and my dog can't tell what the color of those pills are. <laughs> Just put them in peanut butter, man. We'll take them one way or another. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this leads to him this... telling her to stick to the script at the wedding, right? Yeah, because she's kind of prepping her speech. She makes a little note of like a little star on her pre-written paper speech here. So she'll know if it's being tampered with. Sure, sure. A little quality control as we like Mm -hmm. to. Like when Mickey and Donald Duck were doing the nasty on the Dunder Mifflin paper. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Drink. Anyways, there's family pictures for the wedding. And this is where she hands off, Isabel hands off her purse to Anique, and the speech mm-hmm. is in it. And this is, once again, the implied paranoia is she doesn't want the speech to leave her hands, because that's how he's going to prove she's crazy. But she gives it over to Anique, and this guy can't keep track of a purse or a gecko. Yeah, I remember we had in Anique's episode a moment where like the purse gets dropped and we see like a piece of paper. I think we at that point we had theorized maybe that was her prescription uh, for the Adderall, but I think we obviously confirmed here that it was the speech. We when I went back and watched that sequence, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of like foul play. It was Edgar that was handing the purse to uh, Anique. It falls on the ground. It doesn't seem like Edgar swipes it. But who knows? I, I'm not sure. I, one thing to just kind of like state here is the one person we know is kind of good with sleight of hand is Sebastian. Like he's reading those books. He does it with a playing card in his episode. So if there's anybody that might be able to kind of swap out these papers. I mean, I feel like the uh, the uh, it kind of points more to, to him than anybody else. So you're saying the fake Brit has the hands of a pickpocket. That's what you're saying? He was part of a London child gang that sold the newspaper and picked people's pockets he was christian bale in the newsies not directed by christopher nolan christopher nolan directed such films as anyways let's not go into it because this is going to be a long one she pulls out her speech isabel pulls out her speech and there's no star so the speech was switched or is she a crazy lady Right. I mean, that's that's the question. I mean, I think if anybody switched it, it would be Sebastian. Um, but uh, yeah, we just we don't know. This is a very unreliable uh, mind movie. Okay, she then started to because she's like the debate is: Do I like not say anything? Then I look crazy, or I just read it? Then I'll look cra-. like she's in a. Um, she can't win in this situation. But what she decides to do is start to. To read this speech. My spouse, when she starts to read the speech, was just laughing, like hysterically. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't, I didn't understand what was happening. And so I was like, why are you, I literally was like, why are you laughing? And she's like, oh, these are the lyrics to Mbop. And it just, like, 
For a person who does not know the lyrics to Mbop, I don't know why I should know the lyrics to Mbop, this went right over my head. I was like, this is a weird thing to be saying, but it did not have any cultural relevance to me. So I did not know what was happening in this moment. And this was probably funnier because I just missed the reference. But yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's so good, and because we had from earlier mind movies of her like doing gibberish, and she said like beepity bop doop, and then like moved on. But now we know that this is really what she was saying, the lyrics to this song, which is great. But again, like hot take, I think Hanson is delightful. Their 2018 album String Theory is a, an absolute gem. So I'm stand by it. I'm sorry, they're still making music. 20, 2018 yeah. was only, <laughs> we'll say five to ten years ago. <sighs> I didn't realize they were still I didn't realize they were still making music. Still making music and it is beautiful. All right. Well, glad to hear. Uh Tom, I've got news for you. I will not revisit any of the Hanson stuff, but I Well, you love... have to visit it first to be able to revisit it. <laughs> I love their soda. I don't care for their music. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Uh we cut to the present and we find out that Alexander, the late husband and father, really loved Hanson. So <laughs> call yourself Alexander, Tom, because uh he also loved him, loved mm-hmm. them, loved how many Hansons are there? Three, there's, right? There's three of them. Yeah. Three? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sebi and Travis are now talking in the present, and Sebastian admits to the scheme of selling off all of the worthless Bucephalus um, <laughs> shares. Mm-hmm. It ultimately gives Travis a speech about, like, yeah, like, this is what rich people do. Like, I wasn't a rich person, but, like, you realize very early that if you want to beat the house, you need to become the house. Right. Right. And it's funny, Travis recognized, not that I laughed, I did not laugh, <laughs> but Travis recognizes like how awesome this exchange is. He's like, that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> once again, I did not laugh. I'm, I may be smirked a little bit, okay. corner Grinned. of my mouth a little. Okay. And, my, like and my wife was like, do I need to call 911? You look like you're having a stroke. And I was like, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Anyways, back to the mind movie. Uh, Edgar brings Isabel some cake. A lot of switcheroos going on in this TV show, Tom. A lot mm-hmm. of switcheroos. Yeah. And I think this is the thing where she mentions like Edgar always having two ways to win, which we heard um, Sebastian say in his kind of mind movie. Connect so I four. feel like that was yep. kind of four. interesting that we got another reference to that. And maybe it's not like obviously Edgar's out of the picture, but maybe one of the other characters that ultimately is the killer is finding two ways to win, or they had two different ways to maybe take out Edgar or something. Okay, and we have the moment where Isabel is suspicious and she swaps the cake. Little sleight mm-hmm. of hand here. Tom, well, I've they're... watched you make <laughs> some cake disappear, and you typically don't swap. You typically just take cake, shove it down your gullet, and make it disappear like a magician. And this feels meaner than it meant to be when I started this comment. So Listen, I'm a man that loves cake. You're fine. Sometimes my blood sugar is low and I need to have cake. And you look great. Um, you look great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But this is, I, I went back and rewatched the uh, Fangs episode where we have like the actual footage of this event to be able to see a cake. And you see Isabel in the background actually swapping these cakes. And you can't because Edgar kind of takes up the full frame when he stands up and says, we already have cake and kind of declines the ice. Um, but in, in the actual footage of this sequence, she and Edgar seem to be much more like cordial. At least Edgar is like, he's being more kind, like, Hey, are your blood sugars low? Can I get you some cake? Like, can I be like, he seemed like he was being kind to his mother in this moment. Whereas her retelling of it, it's Edgar saying, you got to eat this cake. And he's like being like mean and vindictive and like a jerk. So obviously what we have in the found footage is going to be the actual events. So I sure. thought that was interesting because maybe Edgar is not this jerk that she's painting him out to be. Well, he's also mean to the guy that's trying to deliver the Bao Bing, right? In in this episode, he's mean to him, but in the found footage, he's not as mean. Right? Yeah, he's not. He just kind of says like, "I have cake. We we don't we don't need this kind of thing." He's just kind of being his weird kind of goofy self, not like vicious and mean. And yeah. again, from Sebastian's my movie, it said Sebastian was always like, "Yeah, he's vicious and mean in business." but like not in person. Right, like right. He's generally not, a kind person. Not when it comes to desserts. There are a no. few people. It's a special breed that's rude during dessert time. That's for sure. 
and there's a special place in hell for them. It's a place where there are no desserts, just ice cream that constantly melts, and there's no straws, so you have to drink it by hand, and it doesn't taste good. It's pistachio, and it's got marshmallows in it, which also melt. Anyways, read Dante's Inferno. You'll figure it all out, people. All right, we're back to the present and I did, I don't know if I clued in on this or this is when it's revealed, but Isabel at the beginning of this episode was like, I know who killed him. And essentially it is, she thinks she killed him because mm-hmm. she thinks he was poisoning her and she swapped the cakes and therefore she killed him. And so I think someone's like, oh, well, that's self-defense. The cake just reached the wrong target. Mm-hmm. And do they then bring up, well, we then lead to Anique bringing up that the timeline doesn't add up if this is really him being poisoned from the cake. But yeah, I think we get to that after. Like, she does then blame Grace for like all of this, and I think she she makes mention like, "Hey, I'm sorry for blaming you at the time. Like, you just seem like the easiest target, kind of a deal." But we do get a very quick cut. It's still kind of mind movie ish, but it's more like current time after Edgar had passed of her going into Edgar's room. Sure, sure, and she discovers the key kettle that is under the sink that is poorly hidden by zoe right nope that hasn't (laughs) happened yet that's just sitting under there for the police to find but she goes into the closet with a armed with an umbrella and uh she finds the (laughs) correct napkins i really wanted her to fight someone with that she's listen here's what doesn't add up she's got a suit of armor she's got a samurai sword you can't call it that and she goes into this closet armed with an umbrella (laughs) isabel take the time Armor yourself up, get the sword, and then go into the closet. You need to be prepared. You can join Tom and I in our self-defense podcast. (laughs) Julian, Tom, Fists of Fury, Protect What's Yours, This Is Our Castle, subtitle, Swords and Suits of Armor and Crossbows, The Reckoning, a podcast. I feel like... I'm not done with this title, Tom. I'm not done with this title. How dare you try to censor me? All right, it comes out every other Thursday, and we're on our 500th episode. All right, now you can interrupt. That's my <laughs> okay, pitch. Thank you. I do feel like everything does kind of go together well. Like maybe in the final episode, we'll get like the killer is going to be revealed, and they're going to put on the armor and get the sword, and they're going to try to defend themselves. Nice, nice. <laughs> and we'll cover that on our podcast, Julian and Tom, Fist of Fury. <laughs> Crap, I can't remember the rest of it. I wish I was better than All right. But we do get the cut into the uh into the closet and she sees the label and the label's actually very funny. Um this is very clearly a uh, reference to a Hitchcock movie, uh, Dial M for Murder. And if you look at the uh shipping label for this uh box, it says Dial P for party. Like that's the company. Nice. So that's okay. that's pretty great. I like it. It does also say very prominently that signature is confirmed. So somebody signed for this package and if Isabel doesn't remember it again is this somebody else in the house maybe a Hannah or a Sebastian signing for this because Hannah also does earlier in the episode like show her the label for uh, like something that got shipped to her I think it was the sword so it's kind of odd that we're getting the label shown kind of twice I know it's different packages and everything but I thought that was kind of interesting interesting so Dial P for murder sounds like a company that comes to your house and stages a like a murder mystery uh, party. So is this just some elaborate game that features, I don't know, Michael Douglas or game night with um, who George Bluth? Uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't the premise of Game Night? Isn't is this is this all faked? Is Edgar alive? Has he just been laying on that bed? Just I don't know. Not sucking. I'd be kind of disappointed, but I it would, would be, be kind of cool. Yeah, it would be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> uh, I already touched on it, but Anique does bring up that the timeline doesn't add up for when Edgar died and hallucinated well, and the cake before you and go all on to oh, it's. Well, the fact that the person that is like saying, oh, okay, this case is all wrapped up is Zoe. Like Zoe seems very like, okay, good. We found the murder. Let's move on. And then when Anik starts like saying like, it doesn't match up. There is more to this. She's like getting upset and stuff at him. So again, I don't think 
and uh, Zoe is I, the murderer, but Tom, maybe I, she knows. I disagree. I clocked the uncle. The uncle is the one that says something like, oh, so that means this is all cleared up then. I, I feel yeah, like Funkle makes a comment here too. So mm-hmm. if whoever uh, claims the mystery solved first dealt it, as the saying goes, <laughs> then it might be Funkel. It might be mm-hmm. Funkel. But who interrupts... Who is the only person that can ever kill a fun party, a, certainly a murder party? The police. They show up. <laughs> yeah, and who else shows up but Private Detective Gene Parmesan? Tom, <laughs> I recognize that guy, but until this moment, I did not realize he's from what he's from. It's Gene oh, Parmesan. Good. Oh, he's so good. He's the Such best. Such a good reference. He's the best. Oh, <laughs> well, he's not man. really, but... He's so good. It's that was Jean such a good Parmesan. Call. Oh, and then she screams ah every time. Oh, so good, so good. Sebi yes. calls them though. We mm-hmm. find out that Sebastian. See, this is why I don't think it's Sebastian. You wouldn't call the police if you're the if you're the person that you know is guilty. You wouldn't want. Oh, to but you know the police are going to show up at some point. So why not you be the one that calls them and gets them there? Like it's going to take suspicion off of you. Okay, that's fair. You're playing 3D chess. I'm just over here playing checkers by myself against myself, <laughs> and I'm losing. Um, Isabel, I think I thought this was funny. Isabel then promptly blames Grace. She's like, "Oh well, if it wasn't me, if I didn't kill him, it's definitely Grace." And Grace is like, "Oh poop." I don't know. I thought that was very funny. Oh, for sure, man. But I mean, there you have it, right? So that is, I mean, that's nine episodes. We've got the last one here. I mean, I feel like we probably need to hold off on final predictions. Like maybe we can do, we could jump to the spoiler corner for Fang's episode. Um, and then maybe my thought was let's do, let's release like a mini episode to be able to see if we can solve Isabel's clues from this one to kind of get the last, like not the, or the elimination clue, see if there's something to these flower clues we've gotten all season and maybe release a, a final mini pod that has our predictions. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. I think it's important that Tom's spoiler corner, the facts and everything that you've gathered from those go into our final prediction. So uh, for those of you that don't listen to Tom's spoiler corner, we're going to move into that now. And then what we will do is we'll come back with uh, a shorter episode that has our final predictions, but we will be taking into account all of the puzzles that our good friend Tom has spent (laughs) hours and hours neglecting his child and wife to solve. So um, for those of you that are about to leave us as we enter Tom's Spoiler Corner, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, Do please reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com if you have questions or comments. Uh, (laughs) Believe it or not, we answer our own emails. So uh, (laughs) if you'd like to interact with us, it's always fun. We appreciate those of you that do. Uh, do please rate and review us at Apple Podcast. Uh, the dream of Tom and I is that someday we won't have to uh, fish for a living, which is, uh, those of you that don't know, Tom and I are both Gloucester fishermen on the East <laughs> Coast. Uh, and if that perfect storm hadn't taken all of our buddies, uh, we'd be living the good life, but instead we have to <laughs> podcast. So... Uh, Do please, um, I'm about to read George Clooney's speech about passing the lifehouse and you're a swordfish boat captain. Uh, Anyways, Tom, what I miss? Uh, Yeah, follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram at Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast. Continue the conversation. Uh, And again, throw us your final predictions and and thoughts. Uh, Again, it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. And I think there's just clue upon clue upon puzzle. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun to try to figure it out. But for those that don't join the spoiler corner, I mean, I don't think the spoiler stuff is really telling us any specific things. It's kind of pointing us in some directions, but uh, I mean, we have no idea. So hold off. We'll release a mini pod here whoa, soon and, and whoa, we'll let you know whoa. what we think. That is a royal we. I know who done it, Tom. I know okay. who done it, and I got all the evidence, and it will be revealed <laughs> shortly after I watch the finale. Okay? Good cliffhanger.
All right, welcome everybody to Tom's Spoiler Corner, heading into episode eight, Fang. Julian, you got anything up front? I don't love the lava lamps that you've put in here. Um, you don't? I thought they tied the room together. No, I don't. Here's the deal. You knock one over, and then it just burns through the floor, and you've got holes in your floors, or you have third-degree burns. Just not safe. That's why they went out of style. Too many deaths. Too many lava lamp deaths. <laughs> We lost too many people last year. I'm a magma. I'm a magma lamp guy, Tom. You know this. <laughs> True. Uh, so let's jump into our clues. We've got Elimination and Flower, which we've been doing all season. Elimination clue for the Fangs episode was a tricky one. Uh, when I think it's Anik is holding the phone. It's either Anik or Danner. They do a quick cut where they see all of Kyler's videos that he had sent over. And okay. there's like, I don't know, like 10 of them, 12 of them, something like that. Each one of them has a different timestamp on it. It tells you like how long each video is. Uh, and if you put those videos in uh, order of like shortest video to longest, um, so it's like one one is one minute, one is two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. If you take how many seconds are left in each of those videos and match those seconds up to letters in the alphabet. So if it was one minute Ooh. and two seconds, it's B. If it's one minute and three seconds, it's C. So you put those together. Again, one minute quite and four seconds is D. One <laughs> minute and go. four seconds is D. I solved it, Tom. You're Did I solve it. the riddle? You're getting so much better, man. I'm proud oh, of you. Man, I'm um, good. But ultimately, all those spell out not the spitter. So the one we know as the spitter would be Anik when Anique. he drank, drank the camel's milk and spit it all over Vivian. So we can, yeah, okay. we can take him out. And I don't think he was really a suspect at all in this. He was the one working yeah, this, with Anna to this solve seems it. Like a, this seems like a waste of time. We know it's yeah. not Anik. Yeah. Episode, I'm sorry, season seven. Season seven, I might be. It might be Anik at this point, but not season mm-hmm. two. I'm not going to yeah. blame Anik. No way. Agreed. So just a quick recap to the other ones. Not the Snorer, which we know is probably that Aunt Ruth. Not the Skater, Kyler. Then we have Not by Suicide from Edgar, which is interesting, right? Because he does swap his own cake, and that's what Isabel ultimately thinks that she kind of inadvertently poisoned him. So you could argue that that was suicide, but we know that it was not the cake because Edgar did not commit suicide. Sure. Um, We've got Not Colonel, the dog, Not by Camel's Milk, so... Um, the the mode of the poison, if it even is poison, is not the camel's milk, not by a team, which I think is a big one, and then not the DJ. So there's our eight clues thus far. Okay, okay, I like it, I like it. The only thing I disagree on is, I mean, Tom, I know the sugar lobby doesn't want us to know this, but aren't we all kind of slowly killing ourselves with cake? Isn't that kind of what's happening? All that high I mean, fructose that's... corn syrup. That's a fair. That's a fair observation. Yeah. Yeah. As it's, a, a guy, it's a silent killer. As a guy that always goes for that third piece, I know <laughs> that I know that you're not going to make it long. But uh, <laughs> I haven't had a carb since 2005. So, uh, anyways, no good work, man. I appreciate. Now, I'm a, that that sounded very complicated. So and not really fun trying to put the lengths of videos corresponding to letters, but I'm glad that you figured it out in the end. And I'm glad it wasn't Anik. If Anik was the killer, I got to be honest, I'd be pretty disappointed because <laughs> yeah. I want Sam Richardson to continue with this show. But yeah. And again, credit goes to the redditors of the world um, on the after party TV subreddit or whatever. They've been fantastic. And it's a very fun community. Um, that's what I hear about Reddit, Tom. That's the main thing. The Reddit community, very fun. Very just welcoming, fun. I've never, I've never really done Reddit before until this season of the after party and downloaded the app to be able to kind of follow along. And the people there have been delightful. So uh, that's my experience with it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Good moderator, I guess. Um, the flower clue for this one, you had clocked this one as well. It's from the dartboard. And did you give any more thought to this one like I gave you the homework to do? Tom, I've never given more thought to anything in my entire life. <laughs> okay. So, Not a once. Be- <laughs> I don't have the time or the gr- little gray cells, as Poro would say. <laughs> I just don't have it. Well, having a four-year-old child that loves to draw rainbows constantly, I immediately got this one because the colors on the dartboard are the kind of six <laughs> primary colors of the rainbow. Sure. So red, orange, yellow, green, uh, blue, purple. You put them in that order. And if you correlate the numbers that each of the dart is on, same kind of thing, correlate the number to the letter in the alphabet, you get orchid. 
So orchid was the clue that you can enter into the website. And then I asked you, where do you want to put the flowers? And you just say darts or dartboard. That'll open up the puzzle. And this puzzle was called All Decked Out. I'll be honest, some of the puzzles I can at least kind of try to cryptically explain on this spoiler corner and tell you what they are. I couldn't tell you what the heck was going on with this one. There's something about like creating new unique flavors for Fang's uh, Shaved Ice Company. And you had to like create your own little decks of numbers or letters. It was confusing. I don't know. It doesn't matter. What the answer was, was business owner. So that continues the uh, uh, kind of uh, gendered animal clues we had talked about of having sow in the answer. So hoverboard for New England, you unscramble, ram, drop in the bucket, buck, eco warrior cow, cyber bully bull, Indo-European doe, and now business owner sow. So we've got all of all eight of these clues, all matched gendered animals. What we do with them, who the heck knows, but we got there. Sure, sure. Did I call Sal, Tom? You did. I have a vague 100%. memory that I called Sal because that would be the opposite of a boar, mm-hmm. which would be... Uh, man, I feel good about that, but does that lead me somewhere? Because we've only got one more left, right? I did read something. There's also apparently some reference to each of these animals from like the clue. There's like a reference to it in each episode where like Hannah meets Grace under like this buck uh, thing, like bust or whatever that's on like the wall. Or there's a reference to like a boar talking about like, or like the bull market or something like that in stocks in one of the episodes. So there could be some kind of like cryptic, like use of each of these animals in some of the dialogue and script of each of the episodes. But again, I'm not really sure what to make of any of this stuff now. I'm hoping that Isabel's episode kind of being the last one before we get the murder will maybe put all these clues together since we have a clean matchup of all these gendered animals. Okay. So the gendered animals, we have eight of them, correct? Correct. Yeah. And then after episode nine, we will have nine of them, right? If they still do that, like they might use these eight to be able to like help you answer whatever is the final Isabel clue or whatever. Hmm. Because in in season one, they did have clues. They did have like elimination clue in the finale that helped kind of tell you who it was. But again, at that point, it's like not nearly as fun because you kind of have to take time to dive in and figure some of this stuff out. And once you already kind of know who it is, Probably not as fun, but maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it fun. So like when I do see the finale, finale gives you the final clue. It puts it all together and can get you to the actual killer. Sure. Well, my only thought would be after nine, you're going to have an animal that doesn't have its match because that clue for 10 is not going to be given. So does Mm -hmm. that lead you to some sort of clue towards the killer? That would be my question there. But good work. Good work. I love animals. I love, you know. Does and bulls and cows and bucks and rams and ewes and boars and sows. Yeah, love them all. Good work, Tom. Awesome. So there you go, man. There is our uh, our spoiler corner. So again, not sure how much closer we are. I think we'll we'll kind of come back with some predictions and we'll see if we can solve uh, Isabel's clues and give that out to you guys here before the finale drops because it's been fun, man. And I'm excited to figure out who this who this murderer is. Sure, sure. I think the answer is none closer, Tom. None closer would be <laughs> none my <closer>. response. <laughs> um, but you've done great work. I appreciate your corner. I look forward to it, having three other corners and making a square. Thank you for your time. Thank you, those of you that have joined us in this labyrinth of Tom's brain. I have been Julian. And I have been Gumshoe Tom. Adios.